Hello, this is Jessica Heron, founder and CEO of the Stella and Dot Family Brands, and this is my brand new podcast, Self Made. Friends, I am so excited about this episode of Self Made because we have a total badass guest, Sarah Centrella, and I have a confession to make. This episode is for me to take action because I have never made a vision board. I have never made a future board. And that's exactly what Sarah is brought to the world. And her story is unbelievable. It is truly a self-made story, meaning she got strong from the struggle. She created and manifested in her life so many things that we all want to be on our checklist of wanted it, did it. And it's amazing. So she is a best-selling author. If you want to look her up on Instagram, it's Sarah Santrella. You got to check it out. You've got to check out her books. The two are Hustle, Believe, Receive, and now Future Board. So I am just so excited for you to hear straight from this amazing woman. Sarah, welcome to Self Made. Ah, Jessica, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm just really looking forward to our conversation and I'm honored to, to be here. And I'm also very excited that you haven't made a vision board before because it's going to be all new and fresh. So yeah, it is. And I'm embarrassed because it's right up my alley. I want to live with intention. I want to be thoughtful and manifest things in my life and yet never done it. So that is going to change. It's going to be perfect for you then. And then you won't have any preconceived ideas or anything. So uh, it's perfect. I love this. Okay. So first I want you to start by introducing yourself and giving people a bit of your background story, because I found it so amazing and emotional and inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I am a single mom of three and I live uh, in Portland, Oregon. And the story that you're likely referring to was my rock bottom. Um, and it happened almost 11 years ago now, but at the time I was, married to my high school sweetheart. We had been married for eight years. We'd been together since we were 16 years old. Um, so exactly half of our life at that point. And uh, we had twins. My twins were just over a year and, and we had a five-year-old. And so at that point in time, there was a recession going on. There was a lot of other stuff going on. So it wasn't like a great time. We'd already been through you know, several things that were pretty difficult, um, but I thought I knew the life I was living. You know, I'd worked uh, very hard to kind of build the life that we had. It was very white picket fence America, if you will. Um, and, you know, the one piece of my life that I never really questioned was my relationship because I'd known this guy since I was 16 years old. And uh, one day I had made dinner, he got in the shower, and I just had this overwhelming sixth sense, uh, if you will. And I think women, you really know what I'm talking about, that kind of gut reaction that you can get just out of nowhere. Um, and I will say that it wasn't totally out of nowhere because earlier in the day I'd been watching the Oprah show back when she had her daily show. And um, the topic that day was how to know if your husband's cheating. And I remember muting the TV and being like, oh, I can go like do laundry. I don't, I don't, I don't need to watch today, you know? Um, but it was crazy because as he was in the shower, that just flashed right back through my mind. And I was like, oh my God. Um, and one of their signs was like, if you can't find the cell phone. And so the second I had the thought, I just knew, I knew like everything. And, and sure enough, I found uh, the phone. And the first text message that I read was from 
his mistress and it said, can't wait till you're finally free, all mine and no more sharing. And I turned the water off in the shower and said, get the F out and he did. And my life was over in 10 minutes. When I read that story, I just, it's one of the things that I think, you know, you're in your life. I mean, forget the future just for a second and you're in your present and you want to know where you are and what's real and what's around you. And if the ground beneath you is solid. And I think that's every person's worst nightmare is that what they trust the most, what they rely on, what they take for is certain is not. And somehow they've missed it. They've missed the clues. Like what was that sixth sense? Yeah, it was just so crazy because it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a thought I really had ever had. I just had never been um, kind of a worrying type or a jealous type in our relationship. If anyone was, it was always him. And so it had literally, I had never thought about it. So, which seems crazy, but you also got to remember that 11 years ago, no one was on social media and no one overshared their life. And so I didn't know one single person who had been divorced. I didn't know one single mom. Um, nobody talked about if they you know, we're having issues at home or any of that stuff. So none of that, that we live in every day, all day now existed back then. And so it just wasn't in my space at all. But the crazy thing is, I think the universe will send us signs. And, you know, of course, looking back, I could put a few together. There still wasn't very many. There was probably just that week. There was a couple of things that looking back, I was like, oh, well, maybe that was it. But the, the biggest one was the Oprah thing. And I just remember like, that gut reaction of, oh, I don't need this. But then when I glanced up, one of their tips was if you couldn't find the phone. And I think like when, when he was in the shower, it was just an instant thing. Like he is hiding something, you know what I mean? And then it was, it was like the whole, how they say like your life flashes before your eyes. I saw the whole thing. Like I knew who it was. I knew it had been going on for a long time. I just knew it all like instantaneously in, in my gut. And then it was, an out-of-body experience after that. And then in that instant, when you said, get the F out, that was a big decision because your story goes on to talk about, there you are, single mom of three kids and in a really hard financial situation. So you made the decision to tell him to leave before you had an answer around how you were going to support your kids, pay your rent. So tell me what came next. Yeah. And I think that was the part that, you know, things already hadn't been going very well. We'd lost our house in foreclosure in the, in the bubble crisis. We had just filed bankruptcy because of all, you know, the medical bills from our, our new twins. And so I was in the worst possible financial situation. I hadn't worked in almost two years. I had two infants. So daycare for that was more than a mortgage anyway. Um, so I just remember like that night, just laying on our hardwood floor and I'd been crying so long, like my face was stuck to the wood. And I just, the whole time, kept on trying to solve the problem. I'm very much a problem solver, I, you know? And so I just remember running all these scenarios through my head, like, well, what if I get a job? And then I was like, pretty much salary will be daycare. That doesn't make sense, you know? And how do I get a job if I haven't worked in two years? And just all of that stuff. And then on top of that, like, how do you get an apartment with no income and no credit? <laughs> Just like every scenario I was yeah, As you're high, telling like, this story, I'm getting stressed out and I'm getting my fight or flight response of like, oh! Yeah, you just literally feel like you can't survive. It's like you're trying to. You're trying to think of every possible solution. And I was like, I don't think I can survive. I don't think like I can get through another day. And then, um, you know, the having babies is really what saved me you know people will ask me all the time do you think you'd be as motivated 
and no, I would have found the money to get on a plane and never come back. You know? Wait, <laughs> if I didn't have babies, that's where I would have gone. But, um, but that kind of instinct is bigger than you. You have, yeah. to, you have to survive for your kids, right? You have yeah, to like, I gotta figure this out, man. Like I gotta figure it out. And so, you know, initially I just sold everything that we owned enough to, to move into an apartment. It took a while to get a job and then get on my feet. And, but it was kind of like that just slap across the face to wake me up to realize also that I could imagine a different life. So if I had to rebuild, which I knew I did, then why couldn't I just make it up? And that's really what I did. I was like, I don't want to have the same life. I'm going to make up something new. And I want everyone listening to really hear your story because I think when you're at rock bottom, and it's, it, you look around at other people, right? If I were to hear your bio today, best-selling author, and you know, you've been on TV and you've done all these amazing things and you've manifested so much in your life and someone is just sitting there thinking, I am on food stamps, which I, I was, yeah. I had to borrow money from friends, which you did too. Mm -hmm. How do I go from there to actually saying, you want to go manifest, not just, back to where you were, not just survival, but thriving. Yeah. So talk about that. What did it mean to you to embrace the power of what if? Yeah, I think the number one thing that anyone out there has and can access and can tap into is desire. And I think we squash desire. And in the book, I talk about it as this idea of what if, because that, that day as I was like laying on the floor and I just kept on running all these scenarios going, nothing can work this inner, whatever you want to call it, call it God, call it universe, call it whatever, was just kind of arguing my point and was just saying, well, what if you can? And that was it. Like, it was like every scenario, I'm like, nope, I'm going to die. This can't, you know, like I can't get up tomorrow. And I was like, well, what if you could, you know? And that idea has stayed with me every day since because every time I've ever hit a wall or had difficulty, and trust me, I've had many since, um, and I have not seen a way out, the idea of hope, the idea of desire, if you feed anything, it grows, right? So I think I was so in such a desperate place that that was all I had to cling to. And so I just wrapped myself around it. And I was like, well, what if life was different? Then what, what would it look like? What would I want? And it started to slowly allow dreams to grow rather than just shutting it down you know, I think that we all hear these mantras and embrace this idea of like, okay, if I am down, I got to get up. I got to look on the bright side. I got to, you know, I've got to pull myself from a negative vortex into positive, into belief, into possibility. And when I share that advice with people, they often say, but, but how? How? Yeah. Is there, because when you're, you know, it, emotion is hard to apply logic and instruction to. I am all about the how. Because I am totally one of those people who would be like, wow, that sounds really great. But my brain doesn't know how to do that for me, right. <laughs> you know, and in my life. And um, so one of the things that I teach people is we all have that. We just don't listen to it. So number one, if we start to listen to it, if we start to listen to that little voice that is trying so desperately to give us hope, to give us alternate solutions, to give us a way out, to allow our passion to come up. Start, start paying attention, start recognizing how many times a day you're shoving that back down and just allow yourself to, I say, let it breathe, like give it room to breathe. So instead of throwing doubt on it and, oh, it can't work because this, that, and the other thing, 
let it be. And the longer it is, then the more you can start feeding it positivity. And how I teach people to mm -hmm. do that is when that negative comes in, I can't, I can't, I can't, we see it and we stop it and we replace it. So see it, stop it, replace it. So exactly. if your brain it, or your voice or your energy, yes. your attitude, your body language is saying, this is so hard. This is so hard. This is so hard. You, yep. you see it, you feel it, you stop yep. it and you replace it. And you replace it. That. Yeah. And, it, that and that's not about being a lack of vulnerability or a lack of reality. It's just an intentional choice to drive your life and others in a positive direction. A hundred percent. And I didn't know any of this kind of when I started, I, I was really figuring it out on my own because the one thing I knew is that the longer I allowed those thoughts of my world is crashing to, you know, be in my daily existence, the worse I felt, right? That much I knew. And I also knew that I was so fragile that I couldn't, it couldn't be <laughs> like, I just, I could not allow that or else it would suck me under. And so I started replacing it with daydreams of a different life. And that was the key. And that's really what I teach now is like, we, we want to shut those daydreams down because how, when, if all this other stuff, right? But if we would just take those thoughts of stress that are trying to sabotage our day all day long and replace them with what we actually want instead of where we're at right now and what we don't like, then we can start creating a new path forward. But until we do that, we're just going to be running around in circles chasing our tail. And when you say dreams, what do you, is there something where they should be of a particular type. Like when I say, I want, I dream of new shoes. I dream of less debt. I dream of a trip to Hawaii. Like what, a dream of healthy relationships. How do I go from you know, these big amorphous thoughts into mm -hmm. actually going and creating a future board? You know, what is a future board? Yeah, so that's a great question. So to me, words really matter. Words are predictive. And I've proven that out through the last 10 years. Um, and so when I had first started making my board, I didn't know anything about vision boards either. I was, I was really just trying to get my daydream out of my head and onto pictures that I could look at. That was, that was where I started. And I had actually created this whole alternate universe of like, what does a successful woman look like? Cause that was my initial dream. And I had to define it in pictures. It's like, okay, well then how does she dress? Like, what does her office look like? What car does she drive? Where does she vacation with her kids? Like really define it in pictures in moments. And then I went and found all the pictures and I plastered them on my cube, the first job that I got. And that is a huge key differentiator. So I think old school okay, vision boards. Because just, I think yeah. that is a big deal. It is. It's you the put it publicly deal. where other people could see it? Uh, yes. <laughs> trust you me. I got shit and like, what job was this? Like, who was working around? I got lots of shit for Trust me. Like, a lady well-dressed in a cute car. Like, because that right? feels like... You talk about manifestation. I mean, there's one thing to dream silently, but that to me feels like a very big deal. Yeah, it was it was the exact sensation of that dream where you're naked in front of the world. Like that's pretty much what it was. But I think the beautiful thing about hitting a rock bottom the way that I did is you just don't give a shit anymore. You know right. what I mean? Well, you're already like, I just don't care. <laughs> I'm trying to live here. I'm trying to survive. And if this makes me feel happy and since it's not bothering anyone else. Like come over and make fun of my dreams. I don't care. It makes me feel happy. And, but I don't, I don't know that I could have done that before. I actually, I know I couldn't have, I would have been way too scared, but I think a lot of times we have to push ourselves. And now I tell every client, every person who reads the book or anything, I was like, you have to make a physical board and you have to display it in 
a place that you're going to see it every day, which probably means other people will too. And it's almost taking that extra action right there that tells the universe, I'm dead serious about this. I'm willing to own my dreams. And if you can't own your dreams in a picture on a wall, how are you going to own it in real life? Okay. I love what you just said, but I want to really underscore this gift that comes from rock bottom and what and and mm. by the way for people listening you might be like well what if i'm not at rock bottom like what if i don't have that strength of i don't care what other people think because i haven't been kicked so hard in the face that you've just been and, and humiliated right. and all these other things that you're just like whatever i have nothing to lose you don't need to one i think you clearly got strong from the struggle and i think the greatest gift of struggle is the strength that comes out of it that losing of any resistance to just being like whatever i'm going for it but even if you're not in that rock bottom place you can just embrace this idea of i don't have to apologize for wanting something more than i have and it doesn't mean i'm ungrateful it doesn't mean i'm greedy it doesn't mean oh I'm my god lazy. yes it just means i'm ambitious and there's nothing wrong with that Yes, yes. And I talk about that in the new book because that is one of the biggest blocks that blocks most people is this feeling of if I want more, A, does that make me a bad person? Does that make me materialistic? And then if I want more and other people don't have more, you know, it's like this whole thing that we have built around it. And I want people to understand, first of all, when you're abundant, the whole world around you is abundant. Like that's just kind of how it is. You just get into a different lane and you start attracting people who are similar, who are on a, a similar path and you can do more, you can bless more, you know? So get away from this idea of, I, you know, have to be a martyr because not everyone in the world can have all this or, or any of that and just focus on what makes you happy. And my boards are really built around a future life that is centered in your happiness. So you have to do some work to find out what that is um, and joy and relationships and all of that. And then it's defining what success and, and abundance and those types of things would mean to you. So, you know, what it means to Jessica and what it means to Sarah it could be really different things. And what gets it to work is the fact that I've done the work to find out what, what that is. Does that well, make sense? Rather than just throwing a mansion on a board, you know? Well, I think that's really great. And I think there's a thing where people have this upper limit problem. And so if you're in a place where you like your life, if there's great things in it, it doesn't mean you shouldn't have an abundance mentality of wanting even more. And so right. you don't have to be on food stamps. You can be in a place of comfort and still actually say to yourself, I have a strong business. I want a growing business. I went on a trip last year. I want another romantic trip with my husband and put that out there and not apologize for it. Right. So you can hundred percent. Okay. And I, I would say that most of my clients fall in that category. So yeah. here's the thing. It happens just as easily in your late thirties, kind of early forties in that time where you've been successful, you know, you've built your career. Maybe you've been in it for five or 10 years and you're like, what's next? I, I worked so hard to get here. I'm successful here. Things are fine. But how do I then just reinvent the wheel to create something even better that I can't even think of what that is right now? That is probably where I work with 90% of my clients. Because I'm so glad it's just as hard. That's just as hard. It is because I, you know, I found a lot when we've done this with the Stellan.Family brands. And ironically, I've never made a board, but I've you know been in a facilitation role in a yeah, yeah. 
where other people are making theirs. And, and people often struggle when we say, you know, find your why, find your purpose, find your driver. And you know, what you said is like, you had kids to feed, you were going to figure that out. And I think everyone would be like, yeah, if I had to feed my kids, you better believe I would figure it out. But if I am not at that point, I don't know if my why is so much harder yeah. enough or my dreams are like are justifiable enough because my life is pretty good. And if that is 90% of the people, here's why I really want to drive that home. Because oftentimes we tell the stories that are most sensational. Like yours, your story is very sensational because everyone's listening to it is like, oh my God, that is that is hard. But if you're not in that situation, you're 90% of the population, exactly. you're thinking, can I do this too? Because I'm kind of just normal. And that is answer is like, yes, you can. So tell me that process then. Yeah. Uh, assume I'm normal. I like have good stuff and now I want more. What I do love, I do? Yeah, I love that you brought that up because that is the majority, I think, of people. And it is almost just as hard. It might even be harder because here's the thing. You've done um, probably a lot of what I teach to get where you're at, to, to get you the success, whether you own a business or you have a good career or whatever. Like you've probably hustled. You've probably envisioned. You've done all that stuff. But after you've been in that life for a while, you get in a routine of every day, that's all you're thinking about, right? You're thinking about what comes next week and, and it's very short-sighted. And so, you know, back when you were in college, you thought of what it was gonna be like when you grew up and had your career. So you were long, you had a longer vision. But what happens in the middle of our life is that totally stops almost. And we're focused on maybe a year out, if that. So of course, we're not creating anything new. And mm -hmm. that's almost a scarier place to be in because you feel like you're really starting with a blank canvas and, and how can I create anything? So with everybody, it doesn't matter if you know, you're in a bad position or in a great position, we always start at the same place, which is trying to wipe the slate completely clean of what your reality is right now. So we're trying to separate ourselves from that and say, if I could build a dream life in every category, so even if my life's good, I just wanna, I always call it like up level, right? Like I just wanna upgrade it. And for the rest of my life, I wanna be in a mentality of upgrading. And that's not just about material stuff, it's about everything. I wanna upgrade my circle. I wanna upgrade the people around me, all of that, right? So we visualize five years out and we say, can we think of something that doesn't exist today? And it's like ideal state. In okay, so timeline is five years out. I'm thinking yes. five years out. Yep, and that just helps a lot of people to get rid of the, oh, I have to do it tomorrow, kind of that, that mm -hmm. comes along with making new plans. I want to separate them, them from that. And I want them to just create a vision that does not exist right now. So I love doing this with maybe an entrepreneur who has a business that's pretty successful. and they've never thought of other options for this business, right? They've never thought of like, well, what if I franchised? Or what if I, you know, built it up to here and sold it for X and my life totally changed and I could, you know, travel the world or whatever. So I'm constantly throwing out these ideas to just burst the bubble that we all live in, which is keeping us kind of in our own reality and saying, what if this existed? What if that existed? And then all of a sudden we can expand that and say, wow, I could create a brand new life. For me, it was a little easier because I had nothing. And so I was like, shit, you know, fantasizing about an amazing life makes me feel good. So it was, it was almost a little bit easier to jump into that. But everyone can get there. Everyone can get there. You just have to let go of all those things that are trying to come up and block those dreams as you begin to dream them. Okay, what's the difference between a future board and a vision board? Ooh, so much. <laughs> so... I, my definition of a future board is that it is a pictorial 
like model, if you will, almost like I, I liken it to if you want to build a dream house and you sat down with the architect, they drew, you know, up your plan, all that kind of stuff. And then they built a model of the house for you that you could like put on your desk and be all excited about because you saw it, right? Um, so that's exactly what a true future board is. It covers all five categories of your entire life. So you're building an entire picture of your life. So when you look at this board, this is your future. And it might be tomorrow, it might be 10 years from now, it might start just blowing up in a year, which a year is kind of like the magic number. I think most people get about half their boards happening in about 18 months. Um, Tell me so, the five categories. Uh, so five categories are relationships. So that means every human that you want in your life, not who you have right now. So if you wanna be married and you want kids or you want mentors or a girl squad, it's ideal state, so you're doing that. Um, and then wealth and abundance. So we're not talking about finances, it's a big difference. We're not talking about being debt free because nobody knows what that means. <laughs> it's just a term. And I'm like, can you tell me how your life changes when you're debt free? Can you show me in pictures what is different? And so that's, that is the key really to future boards is that we are translating all of these random just words and we're getting to the meat of us and being able to translate it into pictures and moments that we want to draw into our life. Um, and so another one is mind and body um, and passions and joy. And this is, this is a big one. I think women especially tend to let this one slide through the bulk of our life where we're doing everything for kind of everybody else. Um, but it's a huge one to bring back into your life because it allows you to access joy instantly. And what we want is we want to start feeling gratitude, joy, and happiness today because that's what we want to start manifesting. So the quicker you can get into that zone, the faster your board's going to come to life. And finding whatever it is that puts a smile on your face and brings you joy today, even if it's like cooking or for me, it's photography. So... If I'm having a bad day, I grab my camera, I go downtown, I try to shoot like five beautiful new pictures. And it just transports me into that state, which I know is like putting money in my little manifesting bank. It's going to come back to me in a couple months and, you know. Uh, so what and what's number five? So I know, it's like, what's five? Well, mind, body, <laughs> passions, and joy. Uh, yes, oh, career. Career. So career, career can be anything... So, you know, I, I work even with retired people who are already retired. So it can be whatever your, your primary passion is. Um, and sometimes we have to find that. Yes. If you're retired, you're like, my career is relaxation. I exactly. do not want a career anymore. <laughs> I've had enough of that. Right. So, so, that, so you get your pictures. So it's pictures only. You make it really rich and you imagine what your life is. And by rich, I mean very vivid. Very, Gorgeous. like, yeah. really, really uh, be specific about what you want. Yeah. And is it digital? I know you've talked about Pinterest being a really critical tool. Are we literally getting a poster board from Walgreens and like getting a glue gun or how? We are doing both, this? yes, yes. Um, so for me, Pinterest is where I've always found, um, at least since probably 2011, found all the pictures from my board. So the first thing I would say is do not use magazines. We are not a magazine party type situation here. That, you know, that was the 90s, this is now. Um, so what we wanna do 
is we want to create that life in our head first. And there's a lot of homework that goes into that. The book has all that in part one, which is create the dream before you make the board. So once you get that good picture in your mind of what this new life looks like, then your job is to go on a place where you can find multiple gorgeous, gorgeous pictures of what's already in your head. And that is the biggest difference between a quote vision board and a future board is we are, we turn the whole thing upside down. And rather than just going through this month's Vogue or Bazaar and mm -hmm. something that editors told us we should like this month and throwing it on a collage, we are taking the vision that's in our head and we're searching intentionally for the picture that matches it exactly. So I want to see a photograph on my wall of my personal dream home, not just a random mansion, but the home I imagine like cooking breakfast for my kids in and, and building a life around. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. so Pinterest is the best place because a lot of people don't know this. It is the largest library of gorgeous photography in the world. And it's actually a search engine and not a social media site. That's right. If you were to look at mine, you would see a lot of food and a lot of furniture. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people also think, oh, it's only DIY. So I don't ever use Pinterest. I'm like, no, no, no. Follow my instructions, learn how to use it this way, and your mind is gonna be blown. <laughs> okay, so now I've got my board. Let's assume I like, I rocked Pinterest, I found my perfect home, I went and found my passions. Now I've got it physically, so then what? Like, how do I get from, it's a vision, it's my future, I'm dreaming it, and what's the difference between dreaming versus thinking, and like, why is this important? Tell me more, because I know that's one of your points, that there's a real difference between dreaming about it and thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, once it's on your wall, people ask me all the time, do I sit there and meditate or you know, do some sort of ritual or practice? And I don't at all. It just, it, I now have a wall in my bedroom. So it's the first thing I see when I wake up, the first thing I see when I go to bed. But the difference between dreaming is you are allowing, that's a key word right there, you are allowing something that is completely new to your brain to come in as possibility. So if I tell a small business owner, what if you franchised? Like that's a shocking thought to most, right? It just was not in their space, wasn't in their orbit before. But if they allow it, and maybe it is or isn't what they want to do, but if you're allowing it, then all of a sudden you can start to see possibilities. You can start to see how that might shift and how it might be exciting or another idea that's similar comes in. So that's really what dreaming is. Dreaming is allowing new thoughts that are exciting and to let yourself be excited because I know a lot of the thinkers out there who are my analyticals want to stab those dreams and say, but how, but when, where's my spreadsheet? You know, how could I Google this? Um, so just allow those. So dreaming is like a safe space. It's really like um, daydreaming as we did as kids. It's just that happy place. We keep it in our bubble, whatever. Thinking is really intentionally changing the thoughts that have existed in our brain probably our whole life because our thoughts are what are is predicting our future daily and so if our thoughts are of stress all day regardless of what the topic is we need to get in there stop that because that's a cycle that will only bring more stress it basically is an order to the universe to give me the same day over and over and over again and we want to stop that cycle and so we have to come in and replace it with an outcome that we want. So if we're in a place that is causing us stress about finances, let's say, um, 
we have to come in and say, nope, that's not my reality anymore. My reality is now abundance is on its way for me. And so we're telling our brain the outcome we want before it happens. And that's very intentional and it takes a lot of work. <laughs> it's not- I like, I like that. So you're being really thoughtful. It's part of manifestation. Big part, huge part. Because it's really what is the underlying engine of everything. You can have your board up there all day and it can look gorgeous and whatever. But if all day long you're thinking thoughts of lack and thoughts of I'm not worthy and thoughts of my life is never going to change, then that's what you're actually going to manifest because that's what's going on all day. So I, one of the things I am fond of saying is less thinking, more doing. And not because I don't think you should dream and then turn that into thinking, but because at some point, if you just dream and think, you could do that forever. But if you don't get to the doing, nothing ever manifests. So I totally. end this podcast and I want everyone to go and look you up online. You've got great videos out there. You've got two amazing books. You've got courses that you offer. But I want you to now give them the self-made challenge. I like to end every single episode of this podcast with something that people are actually going to take a step towards doing in the next 24 hours in order to take something they gleaned from you today, Sarah, and make it happen in their own lives. So I'm going to give it to you to give our listeners our challenge. Ooh, I love that. Um, absolutely. So I'm all about hustle. It's the first word of my first book. Um, you cannot just dream and think. So I love that you pointed that out. And I think a lot of people don't know how, especially if they have a brand new dream that just came into their existence, they don't know how to get from today to that. And it really starts with something simple. And so I have this thing that I love. I call it a hustle list. And what I want you to do is I want you to name that dream, something hopefully new that came to you as you were listening to this today, something that maybe you had as a child, but you've stifled forever. So it's big, right? It's big. It's scary. Um, I want you to put that at the top of a sheet of paper, ideally a journal, because I want you to journal, <laughs> um, but put that dream, write it out, name it. Um, and then I want you to just brainstorm, do a hustle list for just this week, right? So let's say you wanted to, like Jessica, have amazing podcasts. That seems like a crazy big dream for a lot of people. You put that on there and you say, well, what would I need to do? You don't have to have all the right answers, but you can write down five things that you think you might need to start doing before that could happen. And so you write them down. Hopefully they're all things that you could do, each of them in under an hour. So one might be come up with a name for the podcast, right? It doesn't have to be humongous. It doesn't have to be the end all be all. But what this does is every time you create a hustle list and then can cross everything off and create another one, what are you doing? You're getting one step closer to your dream. And so what I say all the time, and if you follow me, you hear this very often, what is your one thing you're doing today to get you closer to your dream? And you should ask yourself that every single day when you wake up, what's the one thing I'm going to do today to get me closer to my dream? That is fantastic. So the challenge is essentially this. We, when you think about having a future board, you're getting really specific about a dream. You listed the five categories, but perhaps you get started with even just one. <laughs> one of the things exactly. from that five that you wanted to make happen, whether it's about relationships, wealth, mind, body, passions or joys, or your career, you think of something really specific you want to happen. You set us five years, but maybe even in just the next year. Yeah. And create a list of five things that you could actually do, each one under an hour. 
Yeah, I like it because it's manageable. Anybody can great do it. Great way to yeah. start. Yeah. Well, so for instance, I'll give a really quick example. So I would love to wear a bikini. <laughs> I've never been one to wear a bikini, right? So bikinis on my board. I know that I have a long way to go before I'm going to feel comfortable in a bikini. But I do know that this week I can do five things, right? I can walk for 45 minutes each day, whatever. I could, I just started keto. I could actually go through every day checking that off. So they don't have to be like, oh, I need to lose this giant amount of weight or do whatever before that happens. I want to see these little things start to add up to get me there. Okay. Well, I think everybody that puts on a bikini is a bikini body. So I know. The number one thing on your list is like, put on a bikini and love yourself. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I don't have one. I just you. And I've taken the steps. I bought one. Good. Um, and I really do. Again, my, my strong, not skinny baby. So build that and love yourself. Yes. And I think you have given such a gift to all of us in helping us think about manifesting in things in our lives that we want. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to break down those five categories. I'm yes. going to think about it. I'm actually going to go on Pinterest for something other than a chicken, new version of a chicken salad. Right. And <laughs> Make it happen, Sarah. Thank you so much. Oh, Jessica, this was so fun. Self-made and listeners, you got the challenge. Time to take action because remember, my friends, you are self-made. 